University. It is a very, very complex thing to talk about. Now, I can start off by saying, oh, gee, don't have debt, don't have debt. Well, I built an empire on debt. Now, I also got in some trouble because I had billions and billions of dollars in debt. And when the market crashed, having debt is not the greatest thing in the world. Many of my friends were forced out of business. They went bankrupt, and you'll never hear from them again. I never had to do that, but I was in deep trouble in the early 90s because I had massive amounts of debt, and the real estate markets crashed, and various other markets crashed. So debt is a beautiful thing in good times. It's a terrible thing in bad times. You have to know how to manage debt. You have to know where to put it, when to put it, how much to put on. And to be honest, if things don't work out, you have to be able to know how to deal with your bankers and work a deal. And I've said that a lot about debt. You know, the beauty of debt is that usually when the world goes bad, you're going to be able to make a deal with your banks because what happens is they have lots of other people that also have problems. And the last thing they want to do is own certain properties or own certain businesses, et cetera, et cetera. So one of the things we teach you in real life is that if things go bad, you can go out and you can probably, if you know what you're doing, if you're honest and if you're sincere and if you're a professional, make a deal with your bank. That's one of the reasons that I sort of like the concept of debt, but you have to be entrepreneurial. You have to be really out there. The beauty is that if things are good, it works, no problem. If things are bad, you go out and you renegotiate. It sounds as if it matters a lot how you relate personally with the people you're dealing with there. Well, I think having a relationship with your bankers and with everyone else. You know, there's an expression that you see the same people on the way up as you see on the way down. Now, that's not necessarily a great expression because you don't ever want to be coming down. But sometimes markets bring you down and there's not much you can do about it. But one of the things you can do is work deals with the banks. And, you know, it's a very important lesson to learn because the world is not always going to be as it is now. The markets will go bad at some point. They have to because throughout history, they've always gone bad. They go good. They go bad. They go good. They go bad again. I mean, that's the way it happens. So you have to be prepared for some tough times. No matter what you're doing, you always have to be prepared for the tough times. I always say focus on the bad times because the good times take care of themselves, which is really very, very true. Talking of where the world is heading, one of the things you've emphasized often in your teaching is the importance of staying informed if you're in business, if you're serious about creating success for yourself. What do you feel is the best way for people to stay informed in the business context? Well, I've always believed strongly in the great newspapers, and now you have the Internet applications of those newspapers. But I've always been a believer in reading the Wall Street Journal and reading the various newspapers that can tell you so much about business, the Financial Times, uh, the New York Times. It's not only business, it's the world. I mean, reading about Hurricane Katrina is important because it has such an impact on so many other different things. You see what's happening. Now, you know, I happen to think that the oil-producing states have used Hurricane Katrina to build up oil prices rapidly. I mean, they could never have done it so rapidly. I don't think Hurricane Katrina is the reason for it, but I read different things. I haven't read too much about that, but that's an opinion that I have. And you have to see where the world is going in terms of current events, not only in a business sense, but in a political sense and in even a social sense in order to be a great investor.
You also have to be informed about your own finances, of course. I guess it's important to keep track of your own income and expenditures. Well, it is. There's lots of ways of doing that, and I think we teach the best ways at Trump University. I mean, it's a very important aspect of the school is that we really feel that you have to know exactly where you are at a certain point in time. Now, do you risk that in order to go into something bigger, better, stronger, and ultimately become much more wealthy? One of the things you have to know is you have to feel and have an instinct for where the market is going. You have to be able, the smartest people and the best business people are those people that can predict markets. And there are some of them, and you can look at them because you've been reading about them for 25 years in the financial pages. I mean, being able to go with markets and predict markets is so important. Now, if you can't do that, that's okay. I mean, not everybody can do that. There's a very small group. You can count them on your hand that can do that. But you can make a lot of money without necessarily having to do that if you know what you're doing. Let's look at some of the questions that we've received from our participants. We have a question from David Thorpe uh, asking, who should I trust for financial advice? I think many people look for mentorship, look for guidance outside and, and are a little bit uneasy about who they can really believe. What would you say, Mr. Trump? Well, I give one very strong answer to that, and that's yourself. The only one I trust is yourself. Now, you can go to advisors and you can go to different consultants, but I've watched a lot of people with money. For instance, I've watched NBA basketball stars and I've watched football players and baseball players that all of a sudden have a great deal of wealth and they entrust that wealth to their managers and the managers steal the money, blow the money, throw the money away, just absolutely decimate their wealth and they end up finishing a great career in sports and I mean, there are cases of basketball players for 15 years, they were stars and they end up with no money because their manager virtually stole it. They just took it right out of their pockets like they were babies, which to a certain extent they are. So I would really say trust yourself, meaning learn about what's going on. Go to the great institutions, ask for guarantees, ask for all sorts of things, cut their fees way down. They shouldn't get big fees for what they're doing. But look at studies, study the various people. You can go and I mean, they have charts and tables on almost everything. And look at the rates of return that people are getting. Look at the levels of honesty. Look at the levels of complaint, because they even have charts on complaints. How many people complain about different funds and different everything else. And then make your wise decision. But you must really study this. And if some guy graduates from college with you and he wants to manage your money and he wants to take you, just don't do it. I'm not saying it's a horrible thing to do, but generally speaking, I would say 99 times out of 100, it's a disastrous mistake. Well, thank you. Uh, Mr. Trump, uh, Scott here asks this question. There are so many business deals that can be made. How do you make the determination on when to get out of things if they start to go bad and move on to something else? Well, I just had a recent thing happen today where I bid a certain amount of money for a property and I had a price of, of $25 million on this piece of property. And I said, I'm not going beyond that price. I'm just not going beyond the price. And I actually didn't get it. And I feel fine about it. I mean, it's fine. You have to write down. I always write it down. I write down. If I go into an auction where I'm looking to buy something, I write down a number and I never go beyond that number. And sometimes I get it and sometimes I don't. But if you don't get it, don't feel badly about it. 
That's a powerful piece of advice there. And we'll move now to our next topic, which is investing wisely. And I'd like to ask you first, Mr. Trump, where do you see the greatest investment opportunities today in paper assets, the stock market, or in commodities, or in real estate? Well, you know, that's a tough question because I'm very prejudiced toward real estate. I mean, I've done my best deals in real estate. I bought a building for a million dollars that's worth $400 million now. And, you know, I don't know of too many stocks that you could say. If you put a million in and it was worth $2 million, that's a good investment. When I put a million in, I was, it's worth $400 million. So, you know, it's awfully tough to say, to be honest with you, that I should be liking things other than real estate. I've made many other great real estate deals. I find that stock market stuff is a little like going to Las Vegas and rolling the dice. I mean, you're dependent on other people. You're dependent on lots of other things. I personally don't like it. That's not to say I won't do it because I do it, but I don't like it as much. I do like investing in interest-bearing things. Uh, Sometimes the interest rates aren't so good as they are now. They're not very good right now. But you know, there's something secure about investing in a very strong bank. I like to emphasize the word strong bank because you have some banks that aren't very strong. And in bad times, all of a sudden you say, I mean, there were times in the early 90s when people were sitting back with banks paper and they were wondering whether or not they were ever going to see their money again. So I like to invest in terms of that kind of thing, interest bearing in strong institutions. Talking of real estate, there's a lot of talk which you no doubt heard too, about a so-called real estate bubble and the sort of rather uh, gloomy predictions that the real estate market is heading for a spectacular crash in the manner of the dot-com bust. What's your take on that pessimism? Well, first of all, I, I sort of hope that happens because then people like me would go in and buy. You know, if you're in a good cash position, which I'm in a good cash position today, then people like me would go in and buy like crazy. I mean, I have friends that are opportunists, and I'm not saying that...